Yeah, any any last minute drama at the job? Uh? Well, I think it. Uh, I mean, my last day is this Friday, and this is a Tuesday, and I think it finally hit my supervisors today that I'm not going to be there next Monday. So there were a lot of uh, questions and requests going out for like information and like, hey, uh, how how can we do this? Like, can we can we contact all your customers between now and Friday? Like, what are the plans for this? Oh, my God. Like, I'm sending you information on this. And like, I I guess I need it back in three days. And on my end, I'm just like, uh, I'm going to answer maybe a third of those emails. <laughs> You've done your part. Like, I got an email today from, you know, uh, from a department saying, like, hey, this product expires in two weeks. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, that's cool. I expire in three days. I'll file that under someone else's problem. Yep. Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of Tokusatsu shows and related media, and also sometimes totally different things. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I just want to apologize uh, to Harry about uh, kind of screwing up the pre-show clapping countdown, what we use to synchronize our two audio tracks. Uh, I don't I don't exactly know what was happening. Like, my chair is in a slightly different position. So my arms are slightly in different positions. Oh, oh, oh your feng shui are. was off. Uh, I thought you were just an incompetent idiot. Who, no, it's, it's not the feng shui. He's been doing shui. this for almost 100 episodes. And it's... by almost 100, I mean well over because we just haven't <laughs> counted some of them. Uh, it It's the ergonomics. Like, I I apparently can't clap my hands when, you know, my when my arm is in this slightly different angle. Is, is ergonomics just the atheist's feng shui? Sure. I don't know. Because I feel like it gets used in similar situations, but just people who want to seem less superstitious. Which is weird, because you talk about the dice gods all the time. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I must appease the dice gods. But anyway, Harry, what the hell are we doing this week? Like, you haven't you haven't told me. Like, audience, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Like, I have some clues. Like, I know it's related to Goosebumps. And I know that it's something that I didn't have to prep for. Which leads me to believe and suspect that it's something along the lines of Harry running me through some kind of choose-your-own-adventure-style Goosebumps thing. Well, you're right. And I'm pretty sure we mentioned this on some episode we did. I don't know exactly which one. Choose-your-own-adventure books were a staple of many people's childhoods. Mm -hmm. But I only had one, and it was so bad that I thought that choose-your-own-adventure books were just really bad and... Kind of did bother looking to them. I just got it at, at, at Half Price Books, a bookstore that burned down. Oh, that's right. That's right. The old one did burn down. Yeah. Moved to the new location, which I got to be honest, is a much better location. You know, that if that fire had cleansed the location a little earlier, maybe it would have been spared this. But no, instead, uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure book I had as a child was something I'm sending right now to Sam. Oh, in no. photo form, because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of reading here, but I want us both to be able to read it. It is Goosebumps, Give Yourself Goosebumps, number 23, Zapped in Space. Oh my god. I remember this cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Harry, I, I gotta ask, I mean, is there no, like, shortened, condensed version for what we're about to do? Like, are are we just doing, like, an audio reading? Kind of. I mean, how often are the choices? Like, is it every, like, page? Is it every, like, five pages? Because you know that, like, five pages is going to take, like, ten minutes to read. Uh, not these pages, I don't think. Okay. Um, I think it's at most, like, a minute of page, because, here, I'll send you... I thought about preparing and, like, scanning all these advanced, but then it was like, no. Hmm. So, and here's something to check and see. If this is readable for you. Harry, what if I like, what if I nail it? Like, what if I get the perfect path and like, you know, I succeed? I mean, this is just some content sandwiched in between two big uh, climactic episodes. So if this is 
20 minutes and we decide it's boring and don't care, then we can just chat a bit and then stop the episode. Fair enough. All right. All right, so are we beginning? A reading. Our our audio reading and performing and choosing. Also, this is just just some practice of reading a script because, uh, I mean, you, you're trying to do an audio play and like I, I feel like I've given you a lot of criticism of the latest one and you felt bad and this this should make you feel that you know hey this person got published so I did actually feel too bad Harry like you know like the criticisms well a you're criticizing an audio script for being wordy uh, to which my of course my stock reply is it's an audio script it's not but words so how could it not be wordy and I'll do the intro at least okay Beware, do not read this book from beginning to end. Cool, you've heard Madame Zapp's Arcade has the most advanced virtual reality games ever made. So of course the one I picked was one about, like, video games, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, want to try the Arctic Adventure? It seems so real you can't stop shivering. Can you keep warm long enough to track down the abominable snow woman? Or check out Adrift Off Vega and pick your alien foe. A two-headed vegan, a giant, a giant. <laughs> I think cock that's supposed to be vegan. Roach. I know it's, I know it's spelled vegan. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be vegan. Uh, it's gonna be vegan when I say it because that's funnier. Okay. It's also funny that uh, it's talking about a giant cockroach, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it was craft of Earl Stein that the word was perfectly bisected, so it's just a giant cock, and then on the next slide, it's roach <laughs> or a deadly yellow blob. And really. The you, deadly yellow blob is the topper there. Yep, 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 yep. The rule of three, Sari. The last one must be the weakest. Yeah, but be careful. There's something you don't know about these games. Something horrifying. The scary adventure is all about you. You decide what will happen, and you decide how terrifying the scares will be. <gasps> S- start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. If you choose well, you'll return to the real, real world unharmed. But if you make the wrong choice, beware! So take a deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one to give yourself goosebumps. <sighs> and something to point out, this is number 23, like there's a long list of other titles, so if they ever had a good idea at some point, this is not this is not it. <laughs> like, they, they were stretching by the time they got here. This can't be the place, your friend Katie cries. It's the it's right the... address. Oh, wait. Did, did you want to swap off? Like, should 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 one of us be, like, Katie and the other Jordan or something? Uh, is it is it two-player or two voices? Because that seems that seems more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, you, you could be the... You could do... You could work your characters. I'll be the... I'll be the main character guy. And is that Jordan? No, no. You're, this is a first-person book, so it, it also has... So there's three people in the scene. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so how, how are we breaking this down? Like, I'm Katie and Jordan, and you're everything else? Yeah, I'll be kind of the paragraphs that are just the main character talking about himself. Just pointing this out, and also editing point. If we're reading specific characters, that means that we're going to have to try and read ahead on a strict schedule. Like, you know, when there's dialogue then we have to jump forward and see who it is we're going to be stumbling back and forth over each other all all day harry sam you seem to be thinking that this is going to be a lot more professionally done than i was considering (laughs) like you're saying a lot about editing points and stuff like that like this i was fully expecting this to be a mess like i'm not sure if i've cut this out of the podcast Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, I'll just dive into it as Katie and Jordan, and you'll be everything else. Yeah, until we get bored or decide to change it. Like, we can interject at any point, you know? Like, (laughs) talk over each other if you want to. Like, I don't care. This can't be the place, your friend Katie cries. It's the right address, your other friend Jordan replies. He reaches uh, from the yellow, or he reads from the yellow flyer, 112 Front Street. You stare at the shabby brick building in disbelief. The windows are broken. The front steps are crumbling. There's no way this crummy place could be the new virtual reality arcade. But then you notice a cracked and faded sign. Madam Zapp's virtual reality arcade. This is it, you exclaim. What a letdown! Ever since you and your friends first saw the flyers, you've wanted to visit the arcade. You bicycled all the way here from the other side of town. But this building looks as if it's been empty for years. Man... (laughs) 
You, you remember bicycling around town with your friends to places you barely heard of? Remember having hopes, Sam, and not just being able to Google something to check to see if it was open? Not really. Like, my friends weren't really into bicycling. We were very much the, like, just stay shut in our rooms until Tommy finally got a car at age 16. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a theoretical question. Like, I... But this building looks as if it's been empty for years. You and your friends climb the crumbling steps. A heavy wooden door stands partially open. Inside, it looks dark and cold. Let's go, Katie says nervously. This dump is probably crawling with rats. Don't be a wimp, Jordan scoffs. <laughs> Let's check it out. Go ahead, push the door open, and step inside. On page two. You step inside and find yourself in a circular, neon-lit room. Posters line the walls. In between the posters stand small plastic booths. Each booth contains four bucket seats in front of complicated control panels. You wonder why they put a high-tech room in such a janky building. It's almost as if the owner didn't want to attract too much attention. Cool, Katie exclaims. Check out these posters, Jordan cries. You examine the nearest poster. It shows a kid fighting with a dinosaur. Another poster features an old-fashioned western shootout. In another one, kids are whitewater rafting. Wow, you blurt out. I'm dying to play one of these games. How interesting, whispers a chilling voice. You jump in surprise. The voice cuts into you like a frigid wind. Find out who's speaking on page three. Turn to page three. They really didn't need to give instructions on each fucking page, Harry. Well, they did. It's part of the format. You only need to give instructions when it when you're not jumping to the next page. Yeah. Well, you turn around and stare. Facing you is a tall woman covered in filmy gray robes. What? Filby? I thought it was filthy, but like, filby. A gray veil covers her face. She wears a wide-brimmed gray hat and gray gloves. What's with the cover-up, you wonder? She's dressed for winter in the middle of summer. I'm Madame Zap, the woman announces in a whispery voice. A oh, whispery. Welcome to my arcade. You're my very first customers. You reach into your pocket for a coin. Where do I put my quarters? M Madame Zap holds up her hands. You notice they are huge, bigger than Shaquille O'Neal's. So are her feet. First-time customers are free, she whispers. All right, Jordan shouts. Before you start, my little friends, you must put on helmets and special gloves and boots. They are connected to a computer. A computer program makes the adventure seem real. Very real, Madame Zap laughs. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to roll, you declare. Wait, Madame Zap orders. There's just one problem. Holy crap, she's throwing up a lot of red flags here. It's not a series known for subtlety, Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, something, something, turn to page four. Yeah, I wasn't even like a Goosebumps fan. It's just I'd heard of these types of books and wanted to try one. Only two adventures are available right now, Madame Zap says. Abominable Snow Woman and Adrift of Vega. The poster for Abominable Snow Woman shows kids in a snowy field fighting a fierce-looking bluish-white creature. Overhead, violet and yellow northern lights glimmer. Adrift off Vega shows a starship shows a spaceship in front of a very large yellow planet. What's Adrift off Vega like? It's a space adventure, Madame Zap replies. It's still got a few bugs. Personally, I recommend Abominable Snow Woman. What's the plot, you ask? I don't want to ruin any surprises, she whispers hoarsely. Her deep rumbling laugh echoes off walls. <laughs> See, this is weird because like the way I've grown in the intervening years, it seems like this, this book is sending a, a very transphobic reveal. But because this is a dumb horror book, it's a different one that it's setting up. Mm -hmm. uh, you ask, what if we want to quit the game? To end the game at any time, reach up and remove your helmet, she replies. But you won't want to end it. This lady is ultra creepy, you think. But the games look excellent. And the next page we're going to is actually 72. And this is the page where we actually get to make a choice. 
wait, 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 what? Why are we jumping to page 72, Harry? Like, this I, has been a straight line so far. There's been no choices. I don't know. But... That's just bad formatting. Like, oh my god, like, why couldn't page 5 have hit the next page? Because it's the next page. I don't think they wanted to make things too linear because that would reveal how this is not a super diverse book. Like, literally, <laughs> at, literally at one point in this book, one of the choices is just... I mean, pretty much every choice is continue forward or immediately die, but there's <laughs> one of them that's like a couple pages worth of a loop. I see. Actually, there's a couple of them now that I think of it. All right, what's on page 72, Harry? Sending it now. You and your friends step into a plastic booth. You flop down in one of the bucket seats and put on the gloves, boots, and helmets. The helmet comes down to your chest. That's a big helmet. You can barely see through the dark plastic visor. Who turned out the lights? Jordan jokes. I don't like this, Katie grumbles. I can't see. Don't worry, Madame Sepp tells her. Once the computer is on, you'll see plenty. <laughs> she plugs wires from the helmets into the console. Which adventure will you pick? She asks. Her whispering voice sounds like the waves breaking against the shore. They really like describing her voice. What's that even mean? <laughs> I pick Adrift Off Vega, Jordan announces. Me too, Katie echoes. You hesitate. The poster for Abominable Snow Woman looked more interesting to you, but you aren't sure you want to play it alone. It might be more fun to team up with Katie and Jordan. And I'll, I'll say, Sam, this is basically two different books at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So this does actually diverge here. Yeah, no, yeah, this, this is, it's, uh, yeah, the story entirely bifurcates here, and also don't expect, like, logical cohesion behind, between both of them. I see. Well, clearly I can't abandon my voices, so I'm going to team up with Katie and Jordan in a drift off Vega. Aw, yeah. Page 81. By the way, that totally could have been page 5. Yeah, but... But it wasn't. I want to play a drift off uh, Vega, you tell Madame Zepp. Madame Zepp shrugs. It's your choice, she says, but you may be sorry you didn't take my advice. Before you can answer, she shuts the door to the booth. Through the helmet visor, you see her throw a switch. Instantly, you're slammed hard into the seat. Your whole body presses against the cushions. You feel as if you weigh a thousand pounds. A deafening roar fills your ears. It sounds like a thousand jet engines powering up at once. The booth shakes and rocks. This must be what it's like to take off in a real rocket, you think? It's so cool. The noise of the virtual engines grow even louder. The booth shakes even more. There's one last heavy bump. Then, silence. The walls of the booth vanish. Whoa, where are you? Find out on page 35. You're in a large room. The metal walls are painted gray. On your left is a heavy round door. On your right... A huge window through which you see millions of stars. Beneath the window, you notice a small hatchway. It's perfect, just the way you imagined a spaceship would look. <laughs> you peer out the window. A big reddish planet with yellow rings swims into view. It looks kind of like Saturn, but the colors are different. This is a way cool ship, Jordan exclaims. Yeah, and it looks like there's a planet out there, Katie comments, gazing into the blackness. Uh, we, we all guess in the blackness sometimes, Katie. <laughs> you reach out to touch the thick plexiglass of the window. It's cold. You knock on a metal wall. Clang! It all seems so real, you agree. It's awesome. I wonder when the adventure starts. At that moment, the big round door crashes open. Even though you know the game isn't real, you can't help screaming when you see what fills the doorway. Scream on over to page 15. A lot of bouncing around the book for an entirely, like, linear structure. They gotta make you think that this is non-linear. The thing in the doorway is eight feet tall. Its smooth green skin is covered in, with grayish slime. It has two heads with giant lidless eyes. And it's got four long, ropey arms, each with wicked, clawed fingers. Ew, Katie cries. Gross. It's an alien, Jordan exclaims. I guess the game is starting. Maybe we're supposed to fight it. Not well, that's racist, Jordan. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's racist. You're at yeah, its so- home. Yeah. Uh, the alien stomps towards you. Its feet leave puddles of slime like a snail. You glance around for weapons, but all you see are some empty boxes. Oh, time to create, uh, like, what is it, one page? So, it's not great. Uh, but all you see are some empty boxes. No Verderon ray guns or light swords. The alien's forearms wave wildly. Black drops of goo fly from its fingers and land on Katie's skin. Ow, she cries. It burns. Don't be dumb, Jordan scoffs. How can it burn? This is virtual reality. You can't get hurt here. That's what you think, Katie snaps. She holds up her arm. Ugly red blisters are popping up all over her skin. Cool, Jordan exclaims. That looks totally real. It is real, Katie complains. This is no fun. I'm getting out of this game. She reaches up and pulls off her virtual reality helmet. And then she screams. Find out what's going on. On page 115. What's the matter, Katie? You cry. And your voice that is constantly changing because you forget if you have a consistent voice. You and Jordan quickly pull off your own helmets. Then you understand why Katie is screaming. Even without the helmet on, you're still in the gray metal room. The alien is still there, too. What's going on? Jordan cries. Why are we still here? Don't panic, you call. It must be a glitch in the game. It's not a game, the alien says in a hollow, mechanical voice. You notice a metal speaker attached to its neck. What do you mean it's not a game? You demand. Of course it's a game. We're in a virtual reality arcade. Wrong, the alien announces. This is real. We kidnapped you from the arcade. Your head spins. This must be part of the adventure, you think. It's got to be. No way, you tell the alien. This is all part of a computer program. It's got to be. Would you like another demonstration of my reality? The alien asks. Before you can answer, it snakes a long, slabby arm around your neck and starts to squeeze. Help, you can't breathe. Quick, turn to page 121. At last, the alien relaxes its grip. You gasp for air. Now do you believe I'm real? The alien asks. You nod slowly. It must be true. You're really in space. The alien really did kidnap you. How How did you bring us here? You ask. Easy, the alien replies. We built a transport pod to look like a virtual reality booth. But why? Kitty asks. Why do you want... What do you want with us? Just then, a panel of the wall chimes slowly. A voice says something in a weird, whistling language. Excuse me, the alien says after listening to the message. I must leave for a moment. When I return, you will do as I say. (laughs) The alien slimes through the door. I want to go home, Katie wails. We can't, dummy, Jordan notes. We're stuck here. Wow, Jordan's an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, stop being so emotional and girly. Like, uh, Katie, we've been kidnapped by aliens, but we've had 30 whole seconds to figure it out. And also your arm has been burned by acid and our friend here has been choked. (laughs) But you're overreacting because you're a girl. You force yourself to think logically. If we can overpower the aliens somehow, maybe we can force it to take us home. How can we fight all those arms? Jordan protests. I say we try to escape through that hatch. He points to the small hatch underneath the window. Wait, the window that leads directly to space? (laughs) Sometimes we all want to stare into the blackness. So, here's the choice. Our first, oh, a second choice. To fight the alien, turn to page 48. To escape through the hatch, go to page 28. Well, I kind of want to suffocate in space, so let's go to page 28. This one is a no-brainer. <laughs> Quick, you cry. Let's get out before the alien returns. You yank a lever underneath the hatch. It springs open. You and your friends crawl through. The hatch clangs shut. You glance around. You're in a small room with four swivel chairs and a control panel on the wall. A sign at the control panel says, Emergency lifeboat. Press red button to start. You press the red button. A horde goes, Ooga! Ooga! Oh no! Katie cries. They'll hear us! But the lifeboat starts up with a thump. You feel it begin to drift. You hear a loud whooshing noise. 
The small ship takes off. You glance through the porthole. We did it, you exclaim. We got away. Your small craft is pulling away from the huge alien ship. From here, the alien ship looks like a big blimp. The lifeboat moves further and further from the alien craft. Soon the big ship is just a speck in the distance. You're adrift in space. Great job. Drift to page 105. Uh, are we going to have to eat each other? Are we going to asphyxiate? Like, No, we're about to encounter one of the listed things. It doesn't take long to figure out the shuttle's controls. Black buttons fire the engines. You steer with a joystick. Cool, Jordan says. This thing is easy to drive. Yeah, right, Katie butters. But where can we drive it to? We have no idea where we are. Or where, or where Earth is from here, you add. How will you ever get home? You gaze out the porthole. A pinpoint of light in the distance grows bigger. Soon, you can see that it's another spacecraft, shaped like an X. An X-Wing! You're in Star Wars! It's completely different from the other alien ship, you point out. Maybe the people in this ship can tell us how to get back to Earth. It's worth a try, Katie agrees. What do we have to lose? A button on the control panel is marked hailing frequency. You press the button. The X-shaped spacecraft instantly veers towards you. It pulls up alongside the lifeboat. You feel a jolt as the big ship locks onto the lifeboat. Whoosh. Air cycles in the hatch. A moment later, the hatch pops open. See who's there on page 14. Jordan and Jordan's and Katie's screams fill up the lifeboat. The only reason you're not screaming too is because you're speechless, speechless with horror. The creature that crawls through the hatch is a roach. A three-foot-tall cockroach. Its, <laughs> its slobby brown head is as big as a beach ball. Its six-jointed legs are covered with stiff hairs. Its long, flexible antennas sweep through the air towards you. With every step it takes, you hear a clicking noise. As you watch, another roach squeezes in beside the first one. Then another squeezes through. And another. And another! Dozens of giant roaches are crawling aboard the lifeboat. Hurry over to page 74. Cockroaches pour into the tiny spacecraft. One of them approaches the control panel and examines it with its roach antennas. Others move closer to you and your friends. They extend their antennas towards you. They seem to want to touch you. Kitty and Jordan back up against the bulkhead, screaming so loudly you can hardly think. It's going to be up to you to save yourself and your friends. But what can you do? You glance around frantically. Your eye falls on a fire extinguisher, so this lifeboat is OSHA compliant. <laughs> Maybe you could use it as a weapon. On the other hand, the roaches seem curious. Maybe they're intelligent. Maybe you could communicate with them and persuade them to help you. Use the fire extinguisher on page 33. Try and reason with the roaches on page 131. Uh, we've been awful hosts and... Or awful guests, and these guys led us on their ship. I say we try and reason with the roaches on page 131. I'll try to communicate with the roaches, you think. We we need help, you say. Your voice is shaking, but you try to look friendly. To your surprise, one of the roaches speaks. Why should we help you, it asks. Its voice is high and squeaky. This is our territory! You speak English, Jordan gasps. How? How? We monitor your television broadcasts, the bug replies, especially the cooking shows. Very interesting. Oh, they totally watch Bake Off. <laughs> Whoa, you're having a conversation with the bug. Yuck. Still, you've oh, got to try. So, so racist. So, like, I mean, these guys are clearly intelligent. They let you on their ship. They rescue yeah. you from your kidnapper. Yeah, but Don't motherfucker. Say yuck. You ran away from one alien and immediately bumped into another at the expense of space who not only knows where your planet is, but seems to enjoy its culture. Like, you should be, like, backflipping from the from the goddamn good luck you've encountered. Still, you've got to try. Uh, uh, we're stranded here, you tell the roach. Can you tell us how to get back to Earth? The spokesman, make that spokes roach, <laughs> moves closer to you. Two of its hairy claws suddenly shoot out and grab you. Ow! You yell. The claws have sharp edges like a saw. Two other roaches seize Katie and Jordan. All three of you scream and struggle, but the roaches are strong. <laughs> <laughs> they carry you into their ship and lock you in the brig. A few days later, the X-shaped ship arrives at the roaches' homeworld. Check it out on page 59. Oh no, Harry. 
Oh no. Six rich soldiers hustle you, Jordan, and Katie off the spaceship. They march you to a door with a red light over it. What? what are you going to do with us? Jordan stammers. The roach soldiers just shove you through the door into a room that looks and smells like a dub. Here you are, excellent! A truly enormous roach scurries towards you, ticking off items on a clipboard. Take a seat! We'll start taping the program in a minute! Taping, you repeat, totally confused. Yes, we're making a cooking show, the huge bug beams. It's called Garbage Magic. Today, the chef will make stir-fried coffee grounds and moldy lettuce pie. It's our very first TV program. You three humans are our TV experts. Gross. I mean, great, Katie murmurs with a a sickly smile. What can you do? You're trapped light years from home on a world ruled by giant roaches. If they want you to help them make insect TV, you have to obey them, no matter how gross it is. Well, Madame Sap warned you there were bugs in the program. Guess she wasn't kidding. The end. The end. (laughs) What the hell? Okay, okay. I mean, is that a happy ending? I mean, it sounds like you and your friends get to be like on paddle shows for the rest of your life. Which is a kind of hell, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it could be worse. The, the roaches, they seem to, you know, if it's their first TV show, you could probably do a couple more and then swing that fame into going back to Earth with like some space tech. And I don't know, that could be okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. These guys clearly, like, they know where Earth is. They know Earth culture. Like, they, they understand you. Like, just behave for a while and you'll get back home just fine as heroes. Also, Garbage Magic should be the name of this episode and maybe any other book <laughs> choose your own adventure episodes we do. Because I'm kind of having some fun even with this bad one, so imagine if we do a good one. But anyways, for right now, how far back do you want to rewind? Let's go back to what happens if we choose to fight the cockroaches with the fire extinguisher. Page 38. All right. Because, I mean, if we are peaceful and communicate with the roaches, we get taken back to their planet as, like, British comedian heroes. Like, did we accidentally land on the happy ending? You're there with the, the cockroach versions of uh, uh, Jimmy Carr and uh, Alan Davies and everybody. All right. This is reversing back in time if we choose to fight the cockroaches. The lead roach reaches for you. You grab the fire extinguisher. You aim it at the big bug. Back off! Back off, bug! You scream and press the handle. Cold, wet foam sprays out the end of the extinguisher. The cockroach makes a high-pitched screaming noise. It scrambles it scrambles out of the way. Foam splashes some of the other roaches. They all panic, crawling up the walls and skittering across the ceiling. You keep spraying the fire extinguisher. Kitty and Jordan cheer you on. Roaches scuttle everywhere in panic. Some of the several of the giant insects bump on the lifeboat's controls. The small ship lurches and bounces like a toy boat in a flood. Finally, all the roaches squeeze through the hatch to their own ship. Quickly, you slam the hatch shut. But the lifeboat is spinning out of control. Wait, the lifeboat is currently docked with their ship. Does that mean that both ships are, like, spinning out of control? I guess we'll find out. Yes, it it may be answered or it may not on page 109. The lifeboat bobs around so much you feel dizzy and sick. Make it stop, you beg. Katie lurches towards the controls. She grabs hold of the pilot seat and pulls herself up to the control paddle. The small ship hurtles through space. I can't stop it, Katie shouts, working the joystick frantically. She punches buttons, but the small craft only moves faster and faster. Through the porthole, you spy the alien ship you came from. It swiftly grows larger. You're spinning straight towards it! No! Jordan screams. We're gonna crash! You gaze out the porthole in terror. In another moment, you'll smash against the alien ship. Uh, Desperately, you crawl over to the control paddle. From the floor, you spot a button you hadn't noticed before. It's on the underside of the control paddle. A tiny label says, for emergencies only. This is certainly an emergency, but you have no idea what the button does. Should you take a chance? (laughs) So our choice is to press the emergency button to go to page 103, or to brace ourselves for a crash, just A-wing it into a superstar destroyer on page 30. Um, um... 
I gotta be honest, I kinda wanna see what happens if we just crash. Uh, okay. To be fair, uh, just to let you know, the button uh, opened an emergency, emergency hatch and you all die. Oh. Wait, that that's the kill us? Yeah, that, that's that the is... kill us solution? Oh, Sam, do you think, do you still, oh, you still think that there's some logic in this? Okay. <laughs> We're gonna crash, you scream as the alien ship fills the porthole. You close your eyes. You can't watch. Wait, Kitty shouts. What's that? You open your eyes. A bright beam of blue light shoots out from the alien spacecraft. It encircles your little ship. The lifeboat slows down. It stops spinning. A big cargo base slides open at the alien spacecraft. The lifeboat moves towards the opening. It's a tractor beam, Jordan cries. We're saved. What do you mean we're saved? You snap. You punch frantically at the controls. But you can't get free of the blue beam. We're right back where we started. And now we have to fight the alien. So you head to page 48, which if you'll remember, was the page where we just decided to fight the alien. So congrats. Uh, so Jesus, far, we'll... that was a loop. Yeah, that was a loop. Like I, like I mentioned. <sighs> okay, okay. Fight the alien. Fight the power. Fight the power that be. I mean, isn't there an option to try and talk to the alien? Like... <laughs> No, we need to fight it first. Okay, listen up. We have to work together if we're going to beat this slimy alien, you say quickly. The only possible weapons in the hold are the empty cartons. They're not much, but they're better than nothing. Each of you picks up a carton. And then you wait. A moment later, the door opens. The alien slithers in. So, it's slimed out, now it's slithering. Now, you shout. You hurl your box at the hideous creature. Yeah, Katie shouts, throwing her carton. Take that, black hole breath! Jordan yells, swinging a box like a club. By the way, black holes would have no odor. They are, you know, yeah, definitely... That would be breathing in. The alien throws its forearms in front of its faces to protect itself. But the carton slabs into its stomach. The alien screams in rage and bounds towards you and your friend. Hot globs of black glue from its fingers uh, for spray all over the room. You scream as the acid goop splatters you. Keep throwing stuff, you shout to your friends. It's our only hope. Go to page 33. You and your friends grab more cartons and throw them as fast as you can. One of the cartons lands over one of the creature's heads. Another carton covers the other head. The alien lets out a high-pitched squeak of pain and confusion. It begins to stagger in circles. It can't see, Katie cries. Yeah, so this is a video, video game because they're basically Skyrim putting the the basket over their head. Uh, the alien it's like It's like Hello Neighbor. Like we're just kids throwing boxes at a guy that could like easily murder us. You approach the alien holding another carton. You kick a, a carton off of one of the creature's heads. Why? Then you kick off a second carton. No. Oh, no, that's you. No, the alien squeaks. Don't hit me again. What a wimp, Jordan mutters. <laughs> I won't hit you if you promise to return us to Earth, you announce in your deepest voice. The alien gazes meekly up at you. Tears flow out of its eyes. I'm sorry, it says. That is impossible. Did we misread the situation? Is this a last Starfighter situation? Are we the chosen ones? Yeah, actually, like, if you just take it a second, like, they're totally in the right. We can't take you home, the alien whispers. We used up all our power bringing you here. Your heart skips a beat. Can it be true? Goddamn, that voice is, like, tearing up my vocal cords. No, Kitty cries. I don't believe it. This is a long one, so you could swap voices to something easier. It's true, the alien says. We had to do it. You are our only hope. You see, for centuries, we vegans have been at war <laughs> with the Arcturans. We fight all our battles by computer with virtual reality games. But the Arcturans have invented a new game. A horrible, dangerous game. We don't dare play it. We might get hurt. So the Arcturans are about to win the war war. What? What? <laughs> what is the logic behind that? Okay, 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 okay. Because so you got two, like, celestial civilizations that are engaged in war. They choose to 
simulate it. They're that they're that race from that episode of Star Trek where the war is simulated. So, but like but they, but but they're saying that the the other alien race, the Arcturus, have created a new simulation, and they're like, "Hey, now we're fighting war in this simulation. We we're fighting in this game. It's soups dangerous. So y'all got to play it now. We're jumping over to this one, and the other side just has to be okay with it. What? I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of treaty." <laughs> So, well, it sounds like, like you're... Do, do they take turns, like, releasing games? Like, did, did the vegans, like, put out Civ Six and the Arcturans, they're putting out, like, you know, uh, the Hunts video game, and they're like, oh, no, this one's too violent. <laughs> like, the, 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 the vegans are putting out Mario, and then the other side does, like, I want to be the guy, and the vegans are like, this is not in the proper spirit. This is, this is bullshit. So, you ask, what does that have to do with us? You must defeat the Arcturans for us, the vegan replies. Earthkids are the best game players in the galaxy. Panter, panter. In other words, you're too chicken to play? You want us to do it for you? Forget it, you scoff. Take us home. I tell you, we can't, the vegan insists. You have no way to get back unless you play the game. If you win, we can rebuild our power supply and return you to your home. If you lose, you will share our fate. You realize you don't really have a choice. Wait, that's the, ep- wait, that's wait. the episode title. <laughs> so, so there's two warring civilizations. They're fighting wars digitally, and one civilization is so beat up that they can't, that they have lost all their power sources? Why haven't the Arcturus just, like, fucking finished them? I don't know. Look, Sam, this isn't well written, but, uh... Like, are the Arcturans, like, are they so high-minded that they see, like, uh, that they see their foe on the ropes? Like, they can't defend themselves at this point, but they're like, nope, nope, we gotta keep playing video games. We gotta keep Last Starfightering it. We gotta keep Star Trekking it. We gotta keep South Koreaing it. Like, you know, we're deciding everything. Everything through StarCraft. Through League of Legends. We will honorably, like, pick past bad. But, uh, anyway, on page 65, you follow the vegan to a big room filled with, uh, other four-armed aliens playing flashing arcade games. A big, new-looking game booth stands in the center of the room. So, we, we have gone from playing one game to playing another. Like, this could have just been the start of the book, you know? (laughs) Uh, this is where you fight the Arcturans, the alien tells, oh, no, that's you. This is where we fight the Arcturans, the alien tells you. The new wall game has three levels, red, yellow, blue. You may start with either red or yellow. You must win both of them to earn the chance to play the blue level. What happens if we win the blue level, you ask? The Arcturans will be defeated, the vegan replies. (laughs) We will be powerful then, and you will return home. What if we lose? Katie asks. You mustn't lose, the vegan cries. The game is virtual, but because your brain is connected directly to it, your fate will be quite real. <laughs> you died the game, you died in real life. You gulp. You've never played for such high stakes. You and your friends sit at the console. The vegan slips electrodes into your ears. When you win one level, you'll return here to begin the next, it tells you. Good luck. You and your friends study the console in front of you. A screen above the red level shows a red desert planet. A screen for the yellow level shows a big yellowish green planet. Wait, it, it said that we have to beat both of these. Yeah, I mean, we, we could pick which order we do them in. Uh, but, but, but it's, it's a full, fine, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> you realize you don't really have a choice. You realize you don't really have a Red level, page 95. Also, holy shit, like, these guys, we didn't play any games at this arcade. It's not like they were scouting for good video game players. Like, we were just three random people that stumbled in and agreed to put on, like, headsets without asking questions. I forget if there's a reason that shows up. I'm assuming no. I'm gonna go with no, Harry. Yeah. I mean, in in the other storyline, all of this is entirely untrue, and... I, it's the space level doesn't even exist. We'll play the red level, you tell the alien. 
Our scientists have made a map of the game area for that level, the vegan announces. It's not complete, but it but maybe it will help. Where did they get it? From GameFAQs? Like, they haven't played it. <laughs> it has you small scrap paper, then it reaches for a red switch. I'm assuming that, like, whatever fucking treaty is between the vegans and the Arcturans, like, they have to give them, like, the debugging reports. They have to give them, like, the source code so they can be like, yeah, we're not cheating. You know, we're, we're being honest in this digital war. We're not running, like, aim bots. We've figured out the geometry from the from the base code and from looking at the trailers. We think we know what the final boss will be. When I turn this on, it explains, you'll be transported to the red level. Remember, because the game is connected to your brain, anything that happens in the game will really happen to you. So be very, very careful. A chill of fear runs down your back, but you have no choice. Your only hope of ever returning to Earth is to win these games. You give a thumbs up side to Jordan and Katie. Ready? Asks the vegan. Ready! Ready! You all declare. The vegan throws the odd switch. Start playing on page 27. A blinding light forces your eyes shut. You feel as if you're on an elevator that's plunging down out of control. The falling feeling suddenly stops. You open your eyes. You're in a rose-colored room with red tile floors. Rated pink couches, chairs, and tables are scattered about. The warm air smells faintly of flowers. We're in someone's living room, Kitty whispers. She's right. One wall of the room is covered with framed pictures. Crossed swords hang on another wall. Next to them is a rifle. Instead of a trigger, instead of a trigger, it has a collection of dials and knobs. It must be an energy weapon, you think. That's what dials and knobs mean. Yes, clearly. Through the large windows, you see bare, scorching desert. A clear pink sky arches over hot red sand. Strange, scraggly weeds poke up through the sand. A red sun blazes overhead. Whoa! Kitty exclaims. I wonder who lives here. There's a picture of them over there, Jordan replies, pulling a framed photo off the wall. His face goes pale. Uh-oh, he mutters. I think we're in trouble. Wolf and Snap judging every other alien wolf met, and it's only been wrong every time. You rush over and grab the picture out of Jordan's hands. Katie peers over your shoulder. Lizards, she cries. What? That's like that's not even that bad. You, you get yeah, the picture. Yeah, compared to like cockroaches, like acid spewing alien. By the way, did we forget that the alien, like the now friendly alien, is apparently covered in acid that is so potent that he accidentally burned Katie's arm almost off? And also, he choked us to prove that he was real. Like, hello, human, do you want to do some breath play? This is this is how we say hi in our culture. Also, you guess with the picture, it's just a lizard family, a mother, father, and baby. But you know, they aren't really lizards, for one thing, this isn't Earth. So, these, these lizards have, like, a social structure and, like, and recognizable objects. Like, they, you can probably reason with them. They have affection with each other. Like, these are the Arcturids. For another thing, you don't remember ever seeing a lizard with such long, sharp teeth. What? Lizards have sharp teeth! That's, like, one of their things! That They're- is a defining trait. Like, that's that's definitely something about lizards. I think we'd better get out of here before they come home, you remark. Strolling to the open door, you step outside. Hot red sun sears your skin. Screaming in pain, you leap back into the house. You glance at your arms. You got sunburn in about a second. Forget that, you tell your friends. We'll have to find some place to hide while we figure out what to do next. Uh, I think it's too late, Katie murmurs. Turn around. You turn around and come face to face with the owner of the home. Don't make any sudden moves, just go to page 46. Well, you aren't quite face to face. The lizard creature hasn't seen you yet. It's busy taking off a long coat made of shiny silver material. You stand frozen, staring at the alien. It's it's covered with red scales. A long red tongue flicks out between its sharp teeth. It hangs the coat on a hook, then turns around. Its small, evil black eyes land on you. God damn it, so so judgmental. So value-giving. <laughs> Instantly, the scales on its back rise up. They make a buzzing sound, like a rattlesnake. It opens its mouth and hisses. Then it leaps towards you. It's attacking, Jordan screams. By the way, you're you're in its home. Like, yeah, this you know, is... <laughs> fucking castle doctrine. It has yeah. a right. Desperately, you glance around the room. The weapons of the wall catch your eye. Run, you call to your friends. I'll hold it off. 
Which should you try? A sword or the energy weapon? Decide fast. Um, well, I mean, you're assuming it's an energy weapon. If it's displayed on a wall, it's probably not loaded. So at least a sword is a piece of metal that's sharp. And I think sharp is the safe bet here. So we'll take the sword and go to page 29. Katie and Jordan take off through an open doorway. Their footsteps pound down the hall. Quickly, you grab a sword from the wall. Holding the weapon in front of you, you face your attacker. The lizard's red tongue darts out of its mouth. Now you notice its fingers and in long, sharp, curved claws. One swipe of those claws could rip you to pieces. You grip the sword tighter. The lizard jumps at you, hissing. In terror, you swing the sword. Whap! You don't mean to, but your wild swing chops off the lizard's head. Oh my god! The scaly creature screams. Green blood spurts all over the red tile. Gross! You concentrate (laughs) on holding the sword ready and not hurling. The lizard hisses and grabs at you with its other hand. Thok, you slice that one off too. The lizard's beady eyes fill with painted rage. You lower the sword. Get lost before I make you into a wallet, you taught. But you you forgot one thing. Jesus Christ, like this... What what did this lizard do to deserve this fate? We have to figure out what to do on page 49. Even on Earth, some injured lizards can grow new tails. Here, they can grow new arms. In front of your eyes, the lizard's hands begin to grow back. The new claws look even sharper than the old ones. As you stare, the lizard pounces. It pins you to the floor, its hot, stinking breath blasts in your face. In a desperate move, you slash at its neck. Snick! The sharp sword slices off the lizard's head. The head rolls to the floor, blood oozing from its neck. But the lizard doesn't let go of you. It continues to hold you down while a new head starts to grow. In horror, you watch as a tiny bump grows from the lizard's neck. The bump grows bigger. A pair of tiny black eyes appear. Then a tiny mouth. The mouth opens, revealing dozens of dagger-like teeth. Looks as if you're the one who's going to be a wallet. You hope Jordan and Katie manage to get away. Maybe, you think, they'll find a way to defeat the creature someday. But unfortunately, this time, the lizard came out ahead. The end? What the hell? Oh, Harry. Harry, what have you done? What have you done, Harry? It's not my fault you're so terrible at choose your own adventure books. (laughs) Uh, We're calling it there, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was certainly an experience, and I look, uh, and I apologize to future Harry who has to edit that mess. I mean, it's mostly just cutting out the gaps where we weren't talking. It's not actually that bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alrighty, but yeah, uh, I, could, I could I could see us maybe tightening up a format and doing a good one of these at some point. But we got we have promises to keep. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to keep doing? Uh, well, we keep those promises. We're going to keep dancing. Keep dancing, everyone. We'll see you next week to finish off Common Rider Zero One. God help us. <laughs>